Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hello. Delaney Stovall. Hello. And Michelle Anderer. Hi. This is the second in a series of discussions we'll be having about Shira while we wait for season two, which was recently announced to be coming out April 26th. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Yay! Yeah. That's soon. That's soon. I very know. soon. And usually Netflix like announces them what? Like the month or the week before? It's like, mm-hmm. surprise, it's coming. And they are like, no, 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 no. We are going to hype this up, which is amazing. <laughs> Great news for us. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, you guys can listen to all our previous coverage of Shira, including our Catradora podcast by subscribe. Yes, that was a plug from the podcast I hosted by subscribing to our Shira specific iTunes feed or the overly animated YouTube channel. Um, you can find out more about this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at overlyanimated.com slash iTunes, where we appreciate your star ratings or search for overly animated on your favorite podcatcher. All right. So. I want to start off this podcast. Oh, right. This podcast is based, the topic is how <laughs> She-Ra season one handles queer representation. You know that because of the title of the podcast, so it's fine. Um, so I just kind of want to start off by asking, uh, how gay is She-Ra? And the ver- that very question is- Is this some- a number scale? I mean, the thing it is- It can the- be. It can be, but the problem <laughs> yeah. is- the very wording is problematic. I, that was the first bullet point I created when making the, the outline. But it's like, but that's not what we're discussing. We're talking about queer representation. I feel like it's really important to start off by defining what we mean by queer. Like what, when we use this term, what are we referring to? So I kind of just wanted like to go around and just ask you like, when you say like queer representation, like what are you talking about? Because I feel like this is a term that people throw around and everyone has their own definition of it. So if we can, like, kind of let everybody know where we're at, if that's if that makes sense. Yes? Yes. That's a, yes. That's a fair start? <laughs> it makes sense. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, Sam, what, what's your – what do you mean? Let somebody else go first. Let somebody else go first. Fine. Michelle, what do you – when you say queer – like, when someone tells you queer representation. Okay, fine. Delaney. When you no, no. I'll do it. it. I got, it's I just it. complicated. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. So, me – what – so queer representation. So I identify as queer, just let the record reflect. But um, so queer representation, it's not just sexuality. It also has to do with gender. And so, you know, queer. So some examples would include. Um, so basically, when we say queer, that is like it means not what we would say, quote unquote, normal what we or we should say not general I, I say obviously normal that's not the actual term we should use that's how people use it but that's not correct i guess we should say not i don't want to say like, status quo it's, it's different it's yeah different. it's counter general yeah it's counter general it's different so in that so in that sense it has to do with you know you know there's cis trans so we're talking opposites here so we're talking about so you know heterosexual versus homosexual bisexual pansexual and so those are sexualities so that has to do with and um, attraction and showing representing different kinds of relationships that would require that would involve queer representation you know um women and women and men and men and you know you can have a character who's bisexual and you know as long as you establish that and you say that and it's represented equally now that doesn't mean someone has to date a guy and date a girl but it's just that idea of, you know, you make it clear and you make it equal. Like that, you know, you like kind of on if people watch Arrow, the character, well, who watched Arrow and then maybe now watch DC's Legends of Tomorrow, you have Sarah Lance. She is the perfect representation of a good, like, queer rep for a bisexual character. I believe she identifies it bisexual. It could be pansexual, but similar ideas here. And that's also a difference of wording. Like if someone who says I'm bisexual versus I'm pansexual. But, and then, so we have, that's the, our relationships, that's sexuality. And then you also have to have gender. So, and it's not just, you know, oh, we're going to have male presenting, female presenting, but you also, you know, you want non-binary. Also going back to the sexualities, asexual representation. And no, I'm not saying we should have all of these in one thing. I mean, that would be ideal, but I'm just saying these are examples of what would be queer rep. And then 
and then also, which I think we, I might have to argue with someone when we get, I, I'm looking at bullet points, but I'm <laughs> bringing this up early, talking about, so also when we talk about gender presenting, so for example, I am a cis woman and sometimes I might present more male in how I dress, how I act. And so that would be a thing too, would be gender presenting and you know, you know, people are like butch, femme, but that's, you know, that's just, that's just, that's just another thing is also gender presenting versus, um, you know, when we get into, you know, transgender, there's a difference between presenting a gender and then other stuff too. Cause you know, I might wear a dress some days or, you know, that's, just, you know, people, you can be non-binary, um, agender, all sorts of stuff. And then of course, having transgender characters. So that would be, Another example of rep, and you have to make that clear, and it has to be not problematic, which that's another thing you have to talk about, is you doing it. So queer rep, it can't just be there. It also has to be done well and not be terrible. And by terrible, I mean offensive or shown negatively. Like, for example, would be having a villain be like, I'm gay. Okay, cool, the villain's gay. But then you find out they're evil because the main character didn't like them back. Like, for example, let's hopefully, hopeful to God, this is not what's going on. But let's say that we find out that Katra loves Adora. I mean, we obviously know she does, but <laughs> let's say Katra loves Adora, but we find out Adora is straight or whatever and doesn't like her back. And then she's more evil now because she's like, that's bad. Don't do that. That's so horrible. <laughs> like, you can't do that. That's another thing, too, is code. We've had characters coded. This happens with race also. And generally, this also happens with, so happens with gay characters, bisexual characters, and, um, and you know, this happens also with characters of color, where they're the villain. And it's like, that's not good. If there are no other characters, and your one represent representative character is evil, it's not necessarily the best. It's not the best. I think I covered everything yeah. I wanted to cover. <laughs> I be, I be, I'm, I'm like, that, that's it. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to add anything. Does anyone want to add anything? Uh, I guess I would just say, like, for me, when I talk about queer representation, I'm normally talking about sexuality. But if you really want to talk about what queer is, I think, yeah, that's something that is anything to me, anything outside of the very rigid kind of binaries that dominant culture has placed people into. Yeah. So that can be presentation, that can be identity, that can be mannerisms, that can be dress. It could be so many things. And like kind of existing anywhere on a spectrum for any number of kinds of ways you want to be a person outside of what is assumed to be you based on these very specific binaries. So like even like being a very like sweet tempered like person who's mostly male identing and presenting could be a sense of like queerness in its yeah, own way like, in like terms of it like queering being, dominant yeah. culture. But then not yeah, so that but not being offense like not being like for example Bo being like exactly. oh, not making fun of Bo for being that. So so framing is like the extra step to make it like a positive thing because otherwise yeah like when you were talking about you know villains Delaney immediately came to mind was just like. You know, Scar in The Lion King is a very effeminate villain, and I don't think right. that's by yeah. accident at all. And it is really important to think about how, like, characters that are kind of queering, like, or queer coded in in a lot of different ways. And uh, like, him in the Pop of Girls, yeah, very yeah. bad. Yeah, oh, for not, and, and like, what does that say to people who might? want to be more open about their expressions and their identities like are we letting them give them space to do that or are we showing them these examples that are punished and making fun of it yeah right so right. yeah totally also Sam. we probably need a blanket disclaimer here yeah. you know some people do not like the term queer yeah i mean it has been used mm. for a very long time as a slur and as a word to and a word of discrimination and a word used to put us down and I say us, me, you know, who don't want to include everybody in the podcast if they don't want to be. But, um, but you know, this is a, it's a good, it's for us, for our purposes, it's a good word to use. It was a personal choice to use queer. And this is not meant to offend anybody. You know, some people don't like to be, for example, I'm fine identifying myself as queer. My girlfriend, not so much, which that's cool. I would never refer mm, to her as such. Yeah. But that's just a thing. Like, and, you know, so just this is what we're using. And, 
you know, it's just personal preference. And then, of course, there is also the importance of reclaiming language. So we're in that we're attempting to reclaim queer. But yeah, just disclaimer. Sorry, don't mean to offend by saying it. We know it's, you know, it can be triggering. And Right, right. Totally. Um, Sam, do you want to add anything before? I'm actually one of those people <laughs> who isn't very comfortable with the word queer myself. Um, you know, it does have its uses um, for people, of course, who identify as such and its uses when I would say talking about, you know, community issues on the whole as an umbrella term, um, all that sorts of stuff. And that's like the situation in which I would personally use the word, you know, if it's like somebody's label, um, it's if it's like the best word to use on the whole. But personally, I don't really like it. Yeah, that's that's just me. Anyway, that's that's one hundred percent fair. Yeah. Um, so I let's. I'm assuming something that Delaney mentioned was that I feel like we were going to get into, it, and you kind of started talking about it when you talked about like gender presentation. So for me, queer representation is is everything you guys have said, but there are certain kind of like, for instance, Ketra in a suit for me is not queer representation. Yeah, like oh, that's. On, I will say, in on its own, like no. on its exactly, like her dancing with Adora and the tension there. That's something we can talk. That's that's something else. But she just, dipped her exactly. Like she, she dipped her, and then Adora looked at, look at her looked at her lips. I can confirm that because I looked at that gif a lot of times. But <laughs> oh, <okay>. but, <laughs> but her just simply like for instance like her wearing a suit to me is like that's not queer representation. Like if even it was we, just that. If it's just that, that like that. That's not enough. But then, for instance, if we talk about Scorpia, and it's like she is not um, feminine, like in terms of like her hair, in terms of like her body size, people, she's constantly like told her that princesses thought she was weird. So I'm like, okay, there's potential here for like a queer storyline and in terms of how she's presented. Interesting. But Ketra wearing a suit, that's not for me. So I don't know. So I just needed to like. Okay, that's interesting. You know, there are like kind of, for me, it's like, yes. But also, it's like we can't like get over. Well, if we I- see more, like you know, if we see more of you know her, you know, wearing things like that, you know, for example, for me, like when me and my girlfriend get married at whatever point, like for Aww. me, it's a statement, you know, stuff like that. For me, I prefer to wear men's what would be considered men's clothing, and a lot of times, you know, it's a statement of how I feel. It's a statement of who I am, of how I want to present myself. And, you know, a big thing for us is, like, I'm probably going to wear a suit when we get married. And that's the statement. Like, it's because I am who I am and we're gay. Like, and that's one of those things. So, like, you know, I agree. A suit on its own? No. But we do, you know, it's important to talk about gender presenting. And and we also talk about we grew up in a culture where, like, oh, it's tomboy. And it's, like, that's, like, you know, I identified as that term with that term growing up. And I would maybe still identify with it. But we also have to kind of, like, unpack a word like that and, like, talking about like it's different and sometimes it's not used in a flattering sense and so talking about you know like you know yeah how Cats presented, you know if we see stuff further like you know again we had like what 10 episodes 13 i don't even remember 10 episodes Thir- 13 who knows yeah. i watched some i'm like i don't know <laughs> seasons are either 10 or 13 episodes i have no idea which one and to you know, you know, well, we have to wait for a little bit more. You know, obviously it was the big prom episode, and like that was a, definitely a statement. But you know, obviously we want to see more, and that was definitely in combination with the dip and the dancing. But so I did, I agree. Like it on its own, no. Like don't be like, oh my god, this is gay because she wore a suit. But well, I mean, Delaney, you've just brought up a really good point for why it is queering though, because she, her being presented in a suit, the same as Scorpia, like rocking that dress, like. They're do- they're doing things that you wouldn't expect right. women to do, or, or like based on how they look. And both ways are presented very positively. It's not like anyone on the show teases them about it. It's not that they feel unconfident in the clothes they're wearing. And we don't see this a lot. Pearl's like the only other character I can think of in a children's cartoon <laughs> that wore a suit, and that was also very well celebrated. And I think in terms of the framing, it is something that's worth talking about. And I do think it, it is queering in that it's queering our rep- like our expectation of yeah. how prom should look and how girls who go to prom should look. I don't and in that case, I mean, like I, I think it, it is queer. And it was a good in, counter in this general to, uh, sense of, of queerness. Right. And I mean, it was a good counter to Adora, like how we saw her mm, getting dolled Adora's up. Adora's what we expect girls, like 
quote unquote girls like typically to well, look we like knew, the- well we knew glimmer was gonna do what she did like it's glimmer and <laughs> you know that was a good counter like we had you know we had the whole getting ready for the prom scene and of course that was funny too with adora uh you know having her battle plan yeah, she was like adora I mean, calm down first time right i mean but at the same like look i sure but I don't know, Ketra on her, on, I don't know. I personally still don't see that as queer representation simply because we've, like, one, I feel if, if we're talking about wearing a suit and making a statement and doing, and doing what's unexpected and subverting it, it would be, say, like, uh, during the wedding in Steven Universe with, uh, Ruby being the one to wear the dress and Sapphire being the one to wear the suit. And it's like in a wedding, so it's much more of a statement. But for Ketra to wear a suit, like, I don't know. For me, that's not, I don't know. I have, maybe it's because I have seen Kate Blanchett wearing various suits as well as Angela Jolie and freaking out about it. <laughs> but I mean, to me, like, that's not, we've reached a point in society, like, this isn't the 1930s and Marlene Diedrich is in Morocco wearing a suit and everyone losing their minds. Like, that's not where we're at. We are past that point. Where suddenly it's no longer just, oh, they're wearing something that's typically masculine. It's like, no, this is, women can wear suits. Like, it's one thing if it's, like, at a wedding or something. But it's another thing. It's, like, it's just at a formal event and they decided not to wear a dress. I don't know. I just feel like we've passed well, I feel like point. I do feel like they did draw attention to it just in that. Like, I mean, I agree. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's not, again, it's not the suit on its own. But I, w- I do want to say that it was obviously very purposeful. Not just because, duh, she's wearing a suit. But... In that she was the only person there. Like, not the only Bo, one. Bo wasn't yeah. even wearing a full suit because he has to have his tummy out at all times. But, <laughs> like, you know, that like, was... That, I, to me, was more yeah. queer, was having him wear a crop top. Oh, like, that, to me, is, all, I feel like it's top. all in conjunction with each other, right? Yeah. Like, the, the suit on Katra is as queering as Bo's crop top, which is equally as queering See, as, you know, a beautiful butch woman wearing a dress. Because here's the thing, okay. though. I don't agree with that because feminine women have been able to wear because you're and we're going back to the tomboy thing it's been they've women have been praised for taking on still being feminine but taking on masculine features still taking not features but like appearances on occasion and still having that fluidity but boys being sissies that's always been a negative thing so for me ketra wearing a suit is not as revolutionary as showing a butch woman in a beautiful dress or showing uh, a beau wearing a crop top because one of these has had a certain amount of privilege that just ha- just based just based on the fluidity that that society has allowed them because people are praised for being masculine to a certain degree you still have to be feminine but you can be masculine to a certain extent so for me like Ketra wearing a suit is not the same as say uh Scorpio wearing a dress or Bo wearing a crop top for the entire show like that to me it's like we don't see those other two as often as we do see feminine women wearing dresses like that, I mean, wearing suits. Like that to me, like there is, that's like one particular aspect where society has moved forward and the other two have not. And we don't see the other two as often. So to com- to make them equal to me is a little bit, it's just not as, it, it, to me, it's not as uh, radical. To, so, I mean, I, 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 stand I, I by think that. that's, I think that's very fair. And it's In true summary, that like, Princess it, Prom is really gay. Basically, <laughs> basically, like, Taking yeah, the, everything yes, the, else into consideration, absolutely. But even even if it is more acceptable to have more feminine presenting women wearing suits than you know bonus crop chap or scorpion or dress, isn't very feminine. I I'm yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's true. Like she has a very like feminine she's literally body, cats, but, but I mean, cat. but I think it, even if it is as not nearly as noteworthy as those other two things. I think it's still good to try to normalize that more so that it doesn't feel like, oh, like on a very special occasion, you can wear a suit and get away with it if you're feminine enough. Um, Because like, I think it's all kind of, you know, does it, does it really hurt anything to try to make that more normalized? I don't think so. And in that case, I'd rather see it than not. And I'm I do just saying it's all, I'm just saying. And also we have to think of this normalized. in terms of a children's cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Because that would be the big thing. I want to kids all... to feel confident to wear suits. I guess that's yeah. how I feel about Catra wearing a suit. Well, because this is that's the other thing we have to remember in context, which mm-hmm. is something I forgot when we were talking about Voltron, is that in context of this cartoon, this is geared at young girls, and they yeah. watch the super cool cat girl wearing a suit. That's pretty cool. It's good stuff. 
And that would be, I would say, um, countering expectations we were saying earlier. Again, you know, we don't, and you know, we can grade things. We can put it on a scale. And I do agree, like the suit on its own, not queer, which I understand that this is in general, this is a response to fandom and how people act and Twitter and blah, 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 you know, all the nonsense as usual. Because of course, when you're gay and you see a woman in a suit, you literally cannot control your reaction. It's just, it's not yeah. your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. Like it just happens. It's, it's okay. But, but yeah, so basically yeah, I- in summary, Princess Prom was like ridiculously <laughs> queer. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that yeah. point, Delaney. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. As we've been moving on in the world and seeing, you know, all the red carpet beauties wearing suits and stuff, you know, that sort of thing becomes more and more, quote unquote, accepted. At the very least, it's not as, you know, shocking or radical or this, that and the other. Um, But, you know, in the world of children's shows, it still is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, it's still a great thing. And I think... You know, maybe being an adult and seeing that, it's like, well, that's kind of old hat. I personally was taking a lot of issue with people saying, oh, yeah, Butch Catra, blah, 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 on Tumblr a lot. Right, yeah. Um, mm. like for me exactly pers- like Tumblr. Yeah, for me personally, <laughs> I was like, well, mm, I don't know. We'll see, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, being a kid and seeing that, that has to be really cool especially you know the young kids who were like me growing up who were tomboys and like toff changed my life yeah Yeah. like that has to be like good for them and especially in a show when you have a character like glimmer not that glimmer isn't the coolest thing ever Mm -hmm. but like you know you have to you know when you end scorpia like you have these counters to things it's important yeah and same thing with like Bo uh lacking his uh, cummerbund and having the uh the midriff bared you know, that sort of stuff is, you know, maybe we're used to seeing it more as adults, uh, consuming more uh, media. Like, I hope 10-year-olds stuff. aren't going to school and seeing people in crop tops, because I don't think you should be 10 necessarily <laughs> wearing crop tops. Like, uh, I, th- I think that's a uniform infraction, most places. <laughs> like, it's probably not okay, but like, you know, I might really, it might really affect them as they get older. Yeah, and like, no, they know and, like, that's they a cool thing, team. like. Yeah, yeah, it's not just girls. Like everyone can have a crop top. Crop tops are cool. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get the airflow, guys. <laughs> Dude, like, look. D- let me just be me for a second and just say that um, K-pop male idols have started using crop tops, and it's the greatest thing ever. That's as far <laughs> oh as I God. go. That's as far as I'll go with K-pop. Okay, I promise. Anyway, um, let's talk. Then let's talk about sexuality. Let's talk about how this show is presenting itself and its its characters in this kind of sexual sort not sexual sex sexuality sort of way i don't know how to i don't uh, don't know how to what's that word using adapting the verb into making anyway point is language doesn't fit um something that's just so shocking to me about the show is that there's just no assumed heterosexuality so that's why a lot of people have kind of grabbed on it to to make it seem like it's oh this is like the queer show like this and steven universe like this is the next thing coming up like this is meeting steven universe uh, meeting steven steven universe on its level and being like yo we're here we're queer it's great you know like glad it has been nominated for like glad for an award for outstanding kids kids and family programming and it's all great but if you actually just look at the numbers what's just glad like, again glad is the uh gay lesbian like representate like uh what's that organization that's very much about like rep uh say for instance kind of like the NAACP (laughs) but for the LGBT for those at home if you did not know yes for those at home um but yeah so something that's so interesting to me is how there's kind of this no assumed heterosexuality so everyone just assumes it's queer but if we just look at it there's only one gay relationship in it yeah and it's not even, I don't even want to call them side characters. They're side side characters. They're so far in the periphery. I didn't even notice them until like, somebody exactly, pointed them out. <laughs> exactly. They're so far in the periphery. And they're the only, like, confirmed, like, LGBT couple. And then there is, I know that um, Adora's voice actress let's, let, let, um, revealed that Bo has two dads, but that hasn't been shown in the show before. So, oh, my like, God, I didn't show. know yeah. that. This yeah, is he so does good. have two dads. Yeah, this he has so two good. dads. But we haven't seen I the show. I can't wait so that to get off the count. podcast and tell my girlfriend. This. 
But what I mean is, like, there's only... That's the only thing we've seen. Like, we can say, like, oh, the Ketra Dora dance, and just based on everything that happened in Princess Prom, this is totally can be read as uh, unresolved sexual tension between the two. Like, this is totally whatever. But at the same time, people can still negate that. That is still um, subtext enough that if someone doesn't want to see that, they're not going to see it. It's not explicit. So how do we kind of kind of marry these two positions? How do we marry that, like, that, yeah, this is being celebrated as a queer show, but then it's, like, kind of not because there's only really one gay couple. Like, how do we adjust to this? Like, is it enough for it to just be subtext? Well, I would say, so it's, it is, it's, I want to say it's subtext. I mean, yes, that in, probably by its definition, subtext. But I think what's important here is the absence of the heterosexual baseline. So, because yeah. the important thing here is, like, even Mysticons, one of my favorite shows in the universe, which is, like, literally there's, like, two dudes, and it's all girls, and it's fabulous. You don't have, like, you don't have, oh, boy, girl, they're going to get together. Like, you don't have that. That does not exist. So you you could even, like, you know, even the Golden Trio in Harry Potter, you have, you know, Ron and Hermione. They're a thing. And so here, though, you, you know, I was a little worried watching Princess Prom that they were going to start doing that with Bo and... Um, Glimmer, but then you're watching it and you're like, oh my god, they're so cute. They're such best friends. Look at this little trio. They love each other so much. They're such good friends. And they, they do that really well. And, you know, it's all it's friendship, the power of friendship, great stuff. And there is never any real indication of this romantic, there's no, like, there is no straight romantic subplot. There's no, like, you don't even have a hint of it because it doesn't exist. Except for Mermista, except she is so tired <laughs> of Seahawk. Of Seahawk. Oh, that yeah. it doesn't it understand. almost doesn't count. Well and then Seahawk has and his Seahawk fanboy. and he's so flamboyant. Yes, he is. Also, he loves Bo, so like I feel like And Bo loves no, him. Bo, no, I feel like it's too. Bo loves yeah. him. Bo admires him. Yeah, yeah, Seahawk no. is less like it's not I don't I don't think it's reached that point where he loves Bo, but Bo is definitely like fanboying over Seahawk oh, every yeah. chance it's he fine. has. So like it's good. Like so that's that's the thing. Like the one we have Mermista is so done with him that it doesn't matter. And then on top of that, we have Bo like madly in love with Seahawk. And so that's the thing. I think that's really why everyone has grappled on the show. And I know definitely like why I have is, you know, we've also talked about, you know, like, there's a guy wearing a crop top the whole show. Like, come on. And then you have these characters who they're friends. And then you have all these print. There is not a dude. There's Bo. There's just there's Bo and Seahawk. And that's it. It's like, where are the men? Who cares? They're not here. And and then you have no all the princesses. princesses and there everyone's no just like... for the princesses. There's exactly. There, there are no princesses. None. And the best part... And then you have, you know, She-Ra. And everyone's like, oh my god, the eight-foot warrior goddess. Like, yeah. everyone is constantly fangirling. So it's. I think that's really the draw of this is the lack of straight romance. And it's not that there's a lack of romance, because there's not. You know, we have the... That's the thing we, ha- you know, we have Micah and um, Angela, but Micah's dead, and which you know you have to have a dead parent, like that's just how this works. But it's just the rules. It's just how it is, and but the only other, you know, and of course, you know, it's not hasn't been shown on the show, but you have two dads, and then you have uh. God, what are their names? Natasha, Natasha. Cinderella. I knew yeah. one was Natasha, and I was like, it's something. <laughs> the net lady. Right, the net lady. And it's literally my name. It's Natasha. And then you have... <laughs> and so you have them, and that's like that's what's great. So even your established relationships aren't straight. I'm sorry. Because yeah, they are the subtext. They're text text. They're an actual couple. It's yeah. pretty clear. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just still not over the Natasha name. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. Toss. It is in the show. It's so good. Um, But no, yeah, I mean, totally, absolutely. I'm just, for me, I just feel sometimes a little bit of, I feel like the, I guess it's just the degree of queerness. Sometimes people say, for me personally, I just feel like sometimes people are like, saying the show is more queer than it actually is. People like to jump the gun, I think is. Exactly. That's why I was like, but. Why are we settling for this? Like, I, do, I just don't want us to settle is my right. thing. You know, I'm okay. just like, we well, I, are yeah. 
we still like the one couple is like super super periphery the like the actual things people can the actual like main characters and their their entire dynamic just in terms of sexuality can still be written off as subtext or people could still deny it it's not explicit so it's just kind of like while yes like we are we can like see this and be like this is like there's like the it is all full of rainbows and it's a wonderful people could like you know just see it and not you know be because right. they're not aware of our culture they can just like it can just pass their heads so it's just kind of like where do we draw that line with it being explicit and it being implicit and when is I that enough the thing to to remember is this is She-Ra's first season. And I think I had a lot of those same fears coming out of Steven's first season, especially the first 26 episodes, because there's like a lot of hinting that goes on, but there's nothing concrete. Um, but like, we need to keep in mind, this is DreamWorks. This is, Steven is still the most unabashedly queer show like out there for children this is still pretty i think this is a pretty worthy like you know for 2018 this is a breath of fresh air and i think in a lot of ways this show is you know looking at the queerness of steven and trying to use that to their advantage to push more things i think for a third season the fact that we even get a canon queer couple that is visually shown is a pretty big deal. It took Adventure Time till their season finale to finally yeah. commit to bubbling. I really and think they we said, need to And they said verbally that they were together. Yeah, so I think we really need to consider the fact that they're... These are these are big companies with a lot of money on the line, and they still, yeah. for better or worse, have a big concern like, about not, how this can affect their markets. And, they're and again, toys. this show I do not would ex- think would exist even in its current form if Steven hadn't paid the way and helped normalize it the amount that it did. Oh, absolutely. This is like very much like a ripple effect from Steven that we're able to get a show. You know, it's not, it's not, you're, you're right. That it's not super, it's not super gay when you really look at it. But I think, for, given what it has to work with for thirteen episodes in a first season, I think it. The thing that makes people so excited is there's so much potential here, right? There's so much potential for that queerness to become more overt and for characters to continuing to like, you know, not live up to heterosexual expectations and to just kind of be themselves. Like all of that to me is part of like the queerness of it. And because like, it's such a strong season and this is the first one of who knows how many, I mean, that just, that they have yeah, it, it bodes very well. And I feel like if it keeps doing well, they can keep pushing more in. And I, I think it's not from a lack of trying on the part of the crew at any point. So, yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I mean, if you look at the people who are actually <laughs> yeah. making the show, like, you know, mm-hmm. they have, you know, the best of intentions in terms of community stuff at heart. It's just the question of how much will this big company and our distributor, et cetera, how far will they let this go? Um, for me, at least, I think you can trace a line back to Korosami happening. Definitely. <laughs> and then go oh, yeah. go from, you know, show to show to show to show. Uh, I think... And from know, Korosami, we have come so far. So yeah. Far. From one handful. Oh, yeah. And it's a good thing that we've come so far, but we still have, like, a long way to go. And I agree with... Beatrice, I was kind of frustrated, at least when I saw the GLAAD nomination. I was like, was there that Yeah, much... that was something that was shocking to me. Was, was, the was there that much happening in GLAAD? Like, in GLAAD? Was there that much happening <laughs> in Shira to get the GLAAD nomination? Albeit GLAAD is known to nominate some, like, very minimal things. Anyway, and I, I, went, I was back thinking about, well, you know, there was that one couple... And you can perceive the actions, looks, uh, general demeanors of some people. But, I, you know, it still is what it is. And, like, I believe in the crew and the writers and Noelle Stevenson. They're not going to, like, do us dirty here. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. How how worried are you of DreamWorks, though? Because, I mean, I did, try, I did talk about it a little bit in the Catradora podcast. But, you know, like, DreamWorks, like, the one... They did have this kind of, like groundbreaking kiss with Shiro but in on Voltron but at the same time it's like it was with a character that no it was at the last episode so they pulled a uh, a bubbling there and it was 
with a character that like they had no development with this character and the previous season was it the previous season where they basically did the bury your gaze trope yes. and killed his boyfriend yes. so it's kind of like given dreamworks's track record i mean granted it's not fair to compare one production to another because it's different i'm assuming it's different teams and it's a different showrunner and all that stuff but given the the higher ups like how much can we expect from Shira going forward? Like, is this going to be something like, you know, like you're absolutely right that, uh, Michelle, that uh, Steven Universe paved the way for this show to even exist. And I feel like Steven Universe paved the way for like bubbling to happen, period. So it's just yeah. kind of like, even if it wasn't the word, I, the fact that we got it so explicitly, I think it's thanks to Steven Universe. So how much are we willing to, how much do you think DreamWorks is willing to give the the crew well they gave us they gave us a kiss which is like we didn't even get a korasami kiss that's very true and and so what i would like to say is like one the the, what's so amazing about shira and i think the reason everyone's so excited is this is an incredible foundation yeah to have like princess prom i know we just talked about it but like there are there's so much stuff in princess prom and just you know sprinkled throughout and I do ultimately, I think I am much more comfortable with She-Ra and its direction No, after having watched the Voltron. They let, after the Voltron finale, like, you know, given how season six, like the season six happened and that was not great. That was, they absolutely straight washed it as hard as they could. And then we get a kiss. Now, again, wasn't a character anybody knew and they didn't show the buildup of the romance, but I that it was a big deal for DreamWorks, especially this is the same company. If y'all did not know, Gobber in How to Train a Dragon is gay. That is a confirmed thing. Oh. However, they will. I don't. I will have to see in the third movie, which oh my god, the trailer looks so good. But they like DreamWorks would not let them say anything or have any hints about it. And so to now go from that to a kiss. Yes, it wasn't that great, but that's the other thing. You had Nickelodeon. Like, granted, Nickelodeon did everything they could to murder the Legend <laughs> of Korra. Like, everything they could. But, I mean, I think we have such a strong foundation, and I mean, this is some, you know, this is some good stuff that we're getting from Shira. You know, again, it's not explicit in some cases, and it's definitely, we shouldn't settle. This is not what, like, we want more. But I definitely think that, you know, times are changing and unfortunately that's the thing. it's slow i mean korasami happened in 2014 it is 2019 but i do have high hopes for shira and i do think that the voltron kiss was a good sign ultimately for the show and just the strong foundation of you know the queer is here it might not be <laughs> as much as we'd like and it might not be as explicit as we hope it will become but it's it's here and i think that's really what's so important is to have a show that is it's like, it's not explicit, but, like, it's steaming with it the way Steven Universe does. You know, it's just, it's an undercurrent. It's just there. It's kind of, like, it really is the kind of the atmosphere of the show. It's the, I mean, I honestly think we're going to have Queer Up in Shira. That'll be the DNA of the show and that the same way it is in Steven. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. yeah. I would add, I think one thing that Shira probably has in its favor that Voltron doesn't is that the queer the queer couple canon characters are pretty much side characters, whereas I get the impression Shira was he was a main character, right? Yes. For Shira yeah. was a main character. So that's like its own thing too. I think it's a lot less concerning to have non-main characters being able to sh- express that queerness because there's not as much at stake for them as for main characters, which brings up another interesting thing because you know. Cora is queer and there's a really good chance that Adora is also queer and she is the main character of this show and I think that's one of the things that if the crew really is doing their damnedest and I think they are to make it as clear as possible in ways that don't like you know alert the executives and maybe they do more with like eye glances and gestures and hand holding there's so much hand holding between catcher and adora on both sides in this entire season i think we could reach a point where adora can be comfortably queer but i do think it's one of those things that like delaney was saying it, things are more open now that the 
the culture around this kind of thing is changing over time, but I think it's always going to be a constant negotiation. And I, but I do think like, again, with Steven, like, I don't think there could have been a wedding in season two, Steven. I think that's something they really had to build up to over time and prove that like, look, this show's doing really well. We have really good ratings. Our well, family's that's is the huge. Thing too, that other that's networks the look yeah, so if this show can be successful on its own terms, there's going to be a lot less pressure to try to change it from outside executives. And they're going to give them more and more control of their own thing because like, well, you know, it's weird or whatever. It's not the normal thing, but it's doing really well and people seem to like it. So I guess. And we buy toys, going. buy toys. Yeah. So like, I think time will tell and it'll always be a negotiation, but I think they, they seem, I, I get the vibe, the, the way I feel like Delaney does too, that this crew is trying very hard to set a foundation that is very refreshing for a lot of people. And a lot of that has to do with the queerness that they're plugging into like everything they possibly can, not just in sexuality, but just in character types and, you know, presentation. So I think that's what makes me really excited. Like Delaney said, like, it's a foundation. It's a first season, but I mean, maybe those four seasons will turn to six. Like, who knows? This show, I think it it says a lot that we're getting a season so quick. I feel like that's the decision Netflix is promoting because they understand that there is like this blossoming fan base on their hands and they want to feed that and they're being really smart about it. So that gives me hope that they have a lot more faith in she now that it's actually premiered and done well. So also, I'm excited. Like, yeah, I'm excited for the future of the show. But I would also like, I would like to add, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a difference. Voltron, you know, the same crew worked on Korra. There's a difference between being an ally and being so passionate about something because it's who you are. And I think that yeah. might be that might be the driving thing, that difference yeah. between Voltron and She-Ra. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do know, like, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know necessarily <laughs> the complete personal details of the you know crew that worked on Voltron. But, you know, there's a difference. There's a big difference between having creators and showrunners and animators and storyboard artists who you know identify as lgbt and versus you know oh we know this representation is important but that's not why we're making the show if that makes sense totally totally. right no totally because then you'd be emphasizing like you know, you know, characters building up their relationships, no matter if they get a kiss or not. And just like laying that kind of very, which I'm not saying Voltron didn't push really hard, but there's a difference between it's not like that being like queer rep was not the DNA of Voltron. Okay. I haven't seen, but I I believe you. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's also, it's about mech robots. You don't, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's also important to like point out, like this isn't a She-Ra versus Voltron type of thing we're doing. And it's also very important to say like, Unfortunately, when it comes to uh, queer representation, if uh, if a show is directed towards girls versus directed towards boys, right. the leniency is also different. Like, yes. unfortunately, with Voltron, just, like that's why Shiro's kiss was that groundbreaking because not only was it a male male kiss in a celebratory way, but it was all on in animation, but it was also on a show like an action heavy show that was being marketed towards boys, which is something you. Ne- Never would you expect it to see. So also, we have to take that into consideration. Yes, that is definitely... I was also thinking that was the leniency. It's different mm. for... Yeah. Which, that's also another groundbreaking thing Steven has done. Like, you have a male lead. Yeah. And they're like, you don't even know how to classify Steven Universe. It's just... It's its <laughs> I mean, it's just like, Steven and Bo are just fighting toxic masculinity. At, like, yeah. at one point, like, Steven was on, it, on his own, fighting toxic masculinity. And then here comes Bo being like, Steven, like, let's work together to do this, because this is too big for just you. We need to, we need to tackle it. And it's so great. It's the most wonderful thing. Um, but yeah, so speaking of the future of this show, what do you guys hope to see for the season two? Like, the the season that's coming. I, I'm not talking about four seasons in, like, the last episode. I'm talking about, like, what do you hope to see in terms of queer representation on, on season two? Lemon and Dora go on a date. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes! I would love that! Oh, my God. Like, I know, I know y'all had your Catch Your Door podcast. Dude, I'm, like, but... the biggest multi-shipper. You're fine. <laughs> no, oh no, for real. Glim- I mean, obviously, Catch Your Door happens. Like, it's cool. But, like, Glimmer and Adora are, like, my OTP guys. Like... 
Glimmer and Adora be an actual healthy relationship. That's why I ship it both ways. And I like, well, if I want Adora to be happy, when, when, they're at, when they're in the spa and Glimmer has her head yeah. on Adora's shoulder, like my soul left my body for like solid <laughs> 10 minutes. I mean, I will say, and I stand by this theory, the person who's going to get through to Ketra is going to be Glimmer. Oh, like, yeah. I stand yeah. by that theory. Like she is the one yeah. who's like, they are like, everyone's like, oh, like Ketra and Adora are each other's foils. And it's like, no, 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 no. Ketra's foil is Glimmer, and there, and she's the one who's going to get through to her. I but agree that, with you. That is, that is, I'm not going to get too far into that. Um, Sam, what do you hope to see in like season two? I hope that Scorpio will write a very touching love letter to yes. Ketra. Yes. Um, <laughs> and reads it, right? She has to read it out she, loud. She has to read yeah. it, she has to illustrate it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yes, Ketra's like, Ketra's like, okay. Thanks. And then Scorpia is like very sad about it. And then her and Entrapta. Yes. Bond. Okay. I was waiting for this part. Ooh. They bond over this. Um, I don't know. Rejection. I guess. I don't. I don't know who Entrapta has been rejected by. But they <laughs> bond friend, over. This is technically. That makes me so mad. Can we have a podcast about how unfair that is? And I hate this trope. But also, like, they didn't know. They thought she died. So I mean, it's like it's. I unfair, hate this trope. So like, sad. Makes me so mad. I hate it. Miscommunication, uh, man. What what's the place that's like the horror zone or the the horror? The, oh, the, the um, ho- yeah. Where are they? <laughs> what's it called? It's called the fright zone. The, oh, the fright, fright zone. zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, something really. Whatever bad. stupid name but, it is. You know, there's like probably like horror. there's probably like a gay bar or something there, and then probably. Scorpia and Entrapta they go. And they, they serve like out. acid. Just drink acid. Oh. Yeah, oh and, and they just have they just have a good time and they're friends. Uh, and then Catra does whatever, and then Scorpio deflects. So that's my season. And I need an undercover <laughs> episode. I don't know why they're undercover, but they're, like, undercover for, like, the death metal princess. And they have to, like, pretend to be dating to get into the bar or something stupid. Yeah. I don't care. Oh, that is shenanigans. More shenanigans in season two. Yes. And we Always. should just write fan fiction. Oh, and Bo, well, I want Bo to have a boyfriend, but we don't need more men. But, like, I'm cool with Bo having a boyfriend. <laughs> A, me- a boyfriend who only appears like once every ten episodes. How yes. about that? Okay. Cool, Check cool, in with him. Yeah, I have a boyfriend. He lives in Canada and <laughs> Does Canada exist? Canada exists in just, the- just, of course. Just the Shira version of Canada. It's really cold. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I was just thinking of like what it would be called. I could just be called Canada. It would just be Canada. And yeah, like, they just don't mention that it's out of place. It's just straight face. I, They're just like, oh, yeah, he's in Canada. And we're just yeah. not going to talk about it. Um, but yeah, uh, Michelle, did you mention anything that you hope to see? Uh, I want to see the princesses work together and yes. to fight off the horde like on a larger scale. I think that's something. Because just seeing them figure out how to work together on a day-to-day basis could fall apart. Fat, no, like just like raids. <laughs> I, I want more raid thing. episodes. Yeah, I want them to get to be a travel journal. I feel like they don't know each other that well. Like, no. I don't think the main team know the princesses. I don't think the princesses really know each other that well. I want to see some development there because I want to be more invested in some of these princesses. Yeah, Especially like movie night. And yeah, like, movie night. I like movie night. Sleepovers. Sleepover. Sleepover. There has to be an episode, please. Also, like, more Adora and Glimmer, more Adora and Ketra. I want to see Ketra get way more evil, way more powerful. No, I don't want this. I want it. I think she already got really evil. She tried to kill her when she let her go. I was like, I have to. I'm, I had to take a break. This is the this is the origin of their whole rift. But now the rift has to grow exponentially. That's what I predict. Mm-hmm. And I'm so ready for it. It's gonna be so tragic and fascinating, and so many feels will still be there. We have to keep being mean to Shadow Weaver because she sucks. Oh, yeah, Shadow Weaver's like, I don't want, like, I know she's got stuff going on, but like, she was awful to catch her for so long, and I can't forgive her for she that. She deserves it. She's not a nice lady. No. I will say, for me, the one, I, this is just complete fan fiction. I don't think I'm going to get it. That's literally but what all, the point of all of this is. is fan but yeah. all I want, all I want is the princesses just getting together and just gushing about Shira. Just being like, but her arms, no, but her hair, but no, but her smile. Like, I just want them to be like, just to unanimously agree how gay they are for Shira. And like, have like Adora just not like either like, 
you know, because Adora's not like, she's a little dense. Adora's like, she's adorable, but she's like a little dense. She doesn't Is it a little? Have... It's a lot. It's a lot. She's a lot. I <laughs> wanted to be nice to her, but no, she's very dense. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she's, she's a Hufflepuff. She's very dense. Um, and she's so I just want her like with Bo, like being like, let's play with Horsey. Sorry. What's his name? What's Horsey's name? Oh God. Swiftwind. So... Swiftwind. Sorry, yeah. Swiftwind. He just got very insulted by me. Um, so <laughs> they were, I don't know, her and Bo are with Swiftwind, like doing something. And then all the princesses just gather being like, let's, let's like get down to like this thing about Shira. Cause we all need to talk about our feelings about her. Cause this is not okay. No, we always need more Shira fangirling. I just can we just get all the Shira fangs? I need another one of Shira okay. like just carrying a wagon and being like, oh, I'm yeah. so strong. Like I need that. <laughs> that was such a Korra she move, also. Yeah, it was oh so God. stupid. It's my it was favorite. So wonderful. I mean, it was it was just great. Um. Anyway, uh, I think that does it for us. Um. Is there anything else you guys want to add before I close out? I'm so excited. Like when they announced, it, I like died. I can't get over the fact that they announced it so early. Like, that to me is just, com- that just shows that they're just so. They're ready. They were like, like hit the button. It, it, it bodes well. It bodes it well. So bode well, bodes well. Like, they, Nef- I, I don't know about DreamWorks, but Netflix, who's like, they're, they're always super hush hush. Like, the fact that they're doing this, they are super confident. They in never show. announce anything ever. It did get picked up for like 50 something episodes in the beginning, though, right? No, totally. And also, like, in terms of just a vote of confidence in DreamWorks, like, they got Noelle Stevenson when she was 24 to start working on us, which uh, is a huge uh, kind of vote of confidence. How old is she she's, now? She's, like, 27? Oh, wow. Bro. I feel I know. so unaccomplished. I know, I know. Same, like, though. All right, so, look, job, let's, Noelle. Let's, let's remember, we cannot compare, you can't compare your, your, yourself and where you're at in life to someone else. Your time will come. You just need to focus on your own journey. It's but we'll, fine. But we can worship her on the side. But we can totally worship her. Like, that's what I mean. It's like, not only is it a vote of confidence on Netflix for, for release, for announcing the second season, but DreamWorks, like, also invested in, and took a chance with her. So also we have to like applaud that. The fact oh, that they were able to, to take that chance. We're gonna do a little um footnote here. GLAD stands for Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against De- Defamation. There you go. I oh. looked it up. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. I think that's a good way to end it. Um so yeah. Some knowledge. Yes, knowledge. <laughs> Great knowledge to drop. Um you can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Jamie, a.k.a. Mailman. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.